0: Hey, Rip City, this is Nasir Little, and it's time
1: to open the briefcase with Casey Holdall. Greetings and welcome to the briefcase, episode 28 of the briefcase. I'm your host, Casey Holdall, and this is your podcast covering all things Rip City and beyond, sometimes from the road as I am right now in lovely downtown Birmingham, a suburb of Detroit. After losing three straight and five of six, including an 18-point loss to the Hawks in Atlanta to start the sixth-game trip, Tribblers have won two games versus the Magic and the Pistons, and while they didn't play as well as they would have liked, especially in the fourth quarter of both games, they still managed to get wins and keep their play and hopes alive. We'll recap the last two games, consider the second half of this extended road trip, and hear from Damian Lillard, who posted a triple-double by the end of the third quarter versus the Pistons, about his rebounding, how he's dealing with defenses getting more physical, and his pursuit, if you could call it that, of the scoring title on this edition of The Briefcase. So let's get up to speed here. After 65 games, Blazers sit in a four-way tie for ninth in the Western Conference standings with 31 wins and 35 losses with 17 games to play. The Blazers are knotted up with the Lakers, Jazz, and Pelicans for the ninth, 10th, 11th, and 12th spot, though they are just two games behind the Mavericks and the Clippers for seventh, two and a half games behind the Timberwolves in sixth, and three games behind the Warriors in fifth. However, they play the Celtics, the 76ers, and the Pelicans to end the trip, so they want to keep pace in that race for the play-in. They'll need to play a lot better in their last three games of the trip than they did in their first three games of the trip. As for the efficiency stats we've been tracking all year, the Blazers are currently 7th in offensive rating at 115.8 points scored per 100 possessions, which is a slight drop from the last time we checked in last week. And on the other end of the ball, unfortunately, the Blazers are 27th in defensive rating, which is unchanged from the last time we checked, at 117 points allowed per 100 possessions. And at 0.7, they're down to 23rd in net rating, which I believe is the lowest they've been in net rating this season. As for the betting markets, the players are now 32-32-1 and one versus the spread this season after covering in their last two games. They were favored by 2.5 points versus the Magic and 1 by 3, and were 5 points favorite versus the Pistons and 1 by 6. So just by the skin of their teeth there, and for what it's worth, they will not be favored in any of their next three games. So if they're going to improve versus the spread this season, they're going to have to do so as underdogs. And as for the season over-under, the Blazers will need to win 9 of the remaining 17 games in order to surpass the 39.5 win projection set by the folks in Las Vegas prior to the start of the season. Portland only has 3 games left versus teams that are below them in the standings, so they're going to have to win some games that they typically haven't won this season if they're going to hit that over. Fingers crossed for those of you who took the over, and if you took the under, I don't care if you win or not. One thing that would greatly improve Portland's chance of hitting the over and making the postseason is to get some players back who are out with injury though there's really no update on any of the currently sideline trailblazers. Anthony Simons, who sprained his right ankle just before the All-Star break, re-aggravated the injury in his first game back, a loss to the Pelicans on March 1st, and hasn't played since. Yusuf Nurkic has been out since February 1st with a calf strain. Justice Winslow hasn't played him well over two and a half months due to an ankle sprain. And at this point, I think it's fair to wonder if he's going to come back this season. I'd never thought that that was really the case, but the fact that he hasn't returned at this point really does start to make you wonder if maybe that was more serious and if maybe the likelihood of him returning this season, you figure it diminishes with every passing game. And we've got just about a month left to go, so... I think you could, again, I think it's conceivable that perhaps he doesn't come back. I don't know that just reading the tea leaves and how long he's been out and where they're at this season and how much season is left. It does make you start to wonder if he's going to be able to come back. And while both Simons and Nurkic are on this road trip, along with Ryan Archdiacono, who played in the loss of the Kings, but not since to do a sore back, Justice Winslow is not with the team on the trip, which doesn't mean he actually won't meet up with the team at some point in time. It's possible maybe he's getting treatment or maybe he's getting other opinions from medical professionals. And perhaps maybe he meets up with us at some point in these last three games of the trip. But as of right now, he is not on the trip. And that is typically not a very good sign. Moving on to players that are actually playing, you know that you're going to get more attention when you put up 71 points, but the level in which teams are selling out in order to stop Dame, especially with no other regular ball handler currently playing, is absolutely crazy to see right now. He's drawing double teams on the regular, basically almost every time down the floor, triple teams fairly commonly, and even a quadruple team every now and then as well. And yet, he's still able to get off as he did Monday night versus the Pistons. Dane posted a third triple-double of his career and the second this season by putting up 31 points, 13 rebounds, and 11 assists in Portland's 110-104 victory at Detroit. And not only is he drawing more defenders, those defenders are becoming more physical in their defense, which Dane was adamant about pointing out in his post-game comments, which you will hear shortly. Damon's performance Monday night in Detroit comes on the heels of a 41.9 rebound, 6 assist, 2 steal, and 1 block performance in a 122-119 victory versus the Orlando Magic on Sunday night. The Orlando to Detroit back-to-back is a pretty tough one. You might remember that this actually wasn't the way we were scheduled to go on this trip, but because the Pistons had to reschedule one of their games because of inclement weather, we had to reschedule our game as well, which created a back-to-back with Detroit on the second night after the first night in Orlando. Now, granted, neither the Magic nor the Pistons are in the playoff race, so you're playing an easier team in the front end or the back end of a back-to-back, but it's about a -a two-and-a-half-hour flight from Orlando to Detroit, and then when you get to Detroit, we actually flew into Pontiac and staying in Birmingham. That's about another half hour from the airport to the hotel. So basically you're getting to the hotel at 2, 2.30 in the morning, getting up six or seven hours later, having the team meeting, taking a half hour bus ride to downtown Detroit, playing the Pistons, putting up a triple double, and then coming back to Birmingham and then leaving for Boston the next day, which I just explained what our itinerary is for the next couple of days So now you know. And in both those games, versus the Magic and the Pistons, Portland built comfortable leads, but then just couldn't hold them, particularly in the fourth quarter's teams know that basically Dame is tired by end of games and there's no other real natural ball handler on the team right now. And the result of that is teams, particularly young teams such as the Magic and the Pistons, are really throwing everything they have at Portland's secondary ball handlers. And as you might expect when you're put in that situation that you're not necessarily accustomed to, particularly late in games, particularly late in games that are getting closer than they really should be after we're up double digits, guys tend to make mistakes. And we've been seeing that quite a bit over the last couple games. And I think actually Chauncey Billups even addressed it with the team after the game. He addressed it with the media as well. And basically he was like, I don't really like the way that we're playing in fourth quarters right now. I really don't like the way we played at any point in the fourth quarter of the Pistons game. And when you're shorthanded, you're on the road, you kind of expect that everything isn't going to go right for you, but the team is really putting themselves in tough spots to where Games are within one or two possessions late in games when they just don't need to be. And if they just took care of the ball a bit better, they were much better, particularly in the second half of the Pistons game with not turning the ball over. They were god-awful in the first half of the Magic game, turning the ball over, were able to clean that up in the second half and able to come away with a slim victory. But still, when you put yourself in those situations over and over and over again, even against some of the worst teams in the league, eventually... That's going to catch up to you. It's caught up to Portland before this season. They've had a dreadful time closing the fourth quarter of many games this season. And this is the exact wrong time for those things to be happening. Now, again, luckily, that didn't happen versus either the Pistons nor the Magic. But you could also look back to game versus the Pelicans, game versus the Warriors, in which You had those games, not necessarily in control, but you were the better team for the first half of those games. And in the second half, you ended up getting the doors blown off and you ended up coming away with losses in games that you really needed to win. Now, getting back some players healthy, particularly Anthony Simons, and if Justice is able to come back, someone who handled the ball a lot earlier in the season, then that probably fixes some of those issues. Because as of right now, you're asking guys like Jeremy Grant. Guys like Trenton Watford, guys who are not terrible ball handlers, but definitely not natural guys who are accustomed to starting the offense. You're putting those guys in situations where they're having to do things in high-pressure situations they're just typically not accustomed to doing. And that's a pretty difficult thing to ask, particularly when you have such a small margin for error as Portland does right now. And while you would prefer that they had more ball handlers and while you would prefer that everyone was healthy, there is one upside to it. And it's that Cam Reddish has emerged as someone who looks like he could be worth keeping around for a while. He's averaging 14.3 points on 48% shooting from the field and 38% shooting from three, 2.8 rebounds, 2.3 2.3 assists, and 1.3 steals in 28.8 minutes per game since joining the Blazers prior to the 2023 trade deadline. Chauncey Bilbs is used reddish, if not as a playmaker, at least as someone who's capable of bringing the ball up and initiating the offense, even though he's not all that familiar with either the system nor his new teammates. But he's been so appreciative of any opportunity to play that he really seems like he's trying to do everything that's been asked of him and doing it with gusto. He started eight of his nine appearances in Portland and will likely be a reserve if and when Anthony Simons returns to the lineup. And that does a whole lot to bolster Portland's bench. Really like what we've seen out of Cam Reddish the last couple games. Really enjoyed talking to him recently. He's made a point of not necessarily complaining about his previous situations, but just explaining how the situation in Portland has been different for him as of late, which is really the Chauncey Billups, one, because of his style of coaching, and two, because the situation in Portland is in, is basically just telling Cam like, hey, go out and play freely. Do the things you feel like you're capable of doing Don't necessarily worry if you make a few mistakes here and there as long as you're making aggressive mistakes and we'll figure the rest of it out. And, you know, for Cam to talk to him, it just doesn't seem like since he entered the league after being the 10th pick in the 2019 draft that he's really had the opportunity to go out and maybe work through some issues and play through some mistakes that he's now able to do. Now, granted, you'd rather everything run smoothly. You'd rather that you don't end up being in a situation where you're starting a guy who's only been with your team for less than 10 games. But if you're looking for upshots and upside and something positive to take out of that situation, the fact that you're really finding out who Cam Reddish is as a player and whether or not you feel like he could be a piece for you going forward is something that's pretty valuable that Portland is getting right now, in addition to the actual contributions which have been pretty significant from Cam so far. And hopefully he's able to keep that up if and when he does actually go into reserve role. It's always possible that Chauncey Bielbz decides when Ant does come back to have Matisse Thybul go to the bench and keep Cam Reddish in the starting unit. But my guess is, as he did in the one game that Ant did come back when Reddish was on the team, is that they will go with Matisse Theibel at the three alongside Dame and Ant. But I don't know, if Reddish keeps playing like this, perhaps he gets a chance to stay in that starting spot and has to come back first, and that's the more important part anyway, so we'll wait for that. Maybe sometime on this trip, fingers crossed. Let's go ahead and wrap up this edition by hearing from Damian Lillard after Monday night's win in Detroit. Dame discussed his performance, the importance of gang rebounding when your tallest player is just 6'9", the beating he's been taking from defenders and his associated comments on the way he's being officiated as of late, and his thoughts on the race for the NBA scoring title, where he currently ranks third behind Luka Doncic, who is averaging less than a point more than Dame, and Joel Embiid, who is just a half point per game better than Dame so far this season. Let's go ahead and hear what Dame had to say. Tim, you talked about your performance tonight. Obviously, you guys are really in a situation where you need every game, but especially games like this. We gotta,
0: you know, we gotta fight for everything. At this point, you know, we need every win that we can get. And uh, I just want to come out and be aggressive. You know, be in attack mode and, and not really worry about you know the small things. It's just try to get it done. And you know, tonight that's how I played the game. You know, just go out there and try to uh, make things happen, help on the glass, make plays. You know defend you know just do all the things that help you win a game was just you know my approach to to win the game I knew it was a back-to-back regardless of you know their record they play hard uh, they put pressure on teams and uh, you got to earn your wins and you know it was uh, a game where we could have came in here tired and relaxed and you know messed around and
1: let one slip so um, I just wanted to be aggressive and you know try to set the tone obviously triple-double tonight 30 of your career second of the season the scoring and obviously the assists are something that i think people are accustomed to seeing but the the rebounding tonight as well 13 rebounds by far leading the team i think shows a different level of effort from you i mean we've with all the injuries we've
0: been you know really small out there and we struggled rebounding the ball and a lot of times we're watching film and us on the perimeter, we have had a tendency to ball on the air, we turn and watch it. You know, guys running past us, you know, crashing, getting extra opportunities, which is gonna happen sometimes, but um, it's been an emphasis for us to gain rebound and everybody coming in and helping rebound. And um, to start the game, the ball, you know, I was in position. And the ball came to me a few times and then it just you know turned into me just being in the paint you know i was close to my guy taking a peek and when he wasn't crashing i was just going into the paint to try to you know catch those rebounds and t and drew a lot of times they just making sure that they guy don't get it so you know i kind of i'm floating around and when they got their guy i'm getting the ball and, and pushing it what did you think of jeremy's night back in Detroit uh i mean i thought he played really well you know, obviously, anytime you're playing against your old team, you want to get the best of them. And, uh, you know, I think specifically when um, when the game started to kind of get tight and they was junking the game up and playing physical and it was like, you know, get turned into a little bit of back and forth. I thought he bailed us out in a lot of situations. Just third quarter, he was putting it in the hole and then down the stretch, you know, stopping the bleeding. You know, he had a lot of really good possessions for us, he had a, a, a big time block, uh, you know, rebounding the ball and, and hitting big shots for us to, you know, just to close a game like this out. Damn, obviously
1: you you're getting quite a bit of attention right now from opposing defenses and it seems like more and more it's taking on more of a physical level nature to it as well um how are you dealing with that and kind of can you talk about the notion of teams really kind of getting physical with you knowing that you're kind of the end all
0: is is expected um for me just because i know how assertive i've been i know how much pressure i've been putting on defenses So I know I'm going to get that type of attention. You know, I'm sure they're watching films and, you know, this is uh, this is the problem. And, you know, they got to pick me up for a court. And, you know, they fouling like tonight. I felt like this is the worst officiating crew we had all season. That's just the truth. I mean, from the body language to their responses to what I was saying to them, the lack of, you know, just stuff that is stuff you see every game, you know what I mean? Guys reaching in, not in legal guarding position, not on my head, I'm, my knee bleeding, my elbow bleeding. I just felt like it was, you know, and then I'm coming to them like, look, you know, even telling them directly what to look for. And they, you know, making these faces and I'm like, man, maybe we need to, you know, start adding add some referees into the rotation in because they have an attitude and... In the first quarter of the game, you know, like, and I'm telling them, we playing, we're playing to try to be in the postseason, you know what I mean? Like, we're putting our best effort out here, and, you know, you're looking at me like I'm crazy when somebody smacking me in the face or hitting me in the arm as if I'm crazy. And then, when we respond wrong, it's, you want to tee somebody up, so, like, I mean, it was bad, man, so, I mean, it is what it is, but... It's even more frustrating when you know you're going to get attention. You know teams are going to try their hardest to stop you, so they're going to be physical. They're going to give you attention. And when I have the ball in my hands, as much as I do, it's impossible for me to go three quarters and not go to the line when I'm attacking. You know, so that's, the, that's when it gets frustrating. You know what I mean? But other than that, like I said, we're just out here um, trying to win as many games as possible to close out the season and give ourselves a chance. And, um, you know, we got to play through
1: whatever to get that done, and tonight was one of those nights. Damn, I know that you're doing what you're doing to try to help the team get to the postseason, but also you're getting close to being in the conversation for the scoring title yeah. for this year. Like, is that something you've thought about and like does that mean anything to you? Or I mean, obviously the more you score, the probably yeah. better for the team.
0: Uh I mean, I, I I recognize it. You know, I know how close it is for a scoring title, but I think the beauty of it is that our team just needs me to continue to play the way that I'm playing, you know, so I don't really have to try to gun for a scoring title. I can just play the way I need to play. You know, I'm in enough pick and rolls. I get enough opportunities to attack to where, you know, it's going to happen. But I'm not going to go out there and be forcing it to happen. But what my job is for our team right now is, you know, The opportunity is there for it to happen, but I'm not, as much as I'm aware of the possibility of it, I'm not going out there, you know, hunting it down or chasing it down. I've always been a believer in um, when you operate that way, things just don't work out, you know, in your favor in the long run for me or for the team. So I just try to go out there and have the same mentality about what I need to do for our
1: team right now and, um, you know, just let the chips fall away they fall after that. So there you go. Great perspective from Dame as always. I actually do think he's going to get the scoring title. I think he's pretty close. I don't think anyone is playing as well offensively as he is right now. And he's going to have to play his absolute best, as he mentions there, in order for Portland to be in a situation where they can make the play in. Philadelphia not in that situation with Embiid. Doncic and the Mavs a little bit in that situation, particularly since they're only a couple games up on Portland right now. But you also assume that they're probably going to make it as well. I do think that Dame is going to get that scoring title. Again, I don't think it's something that's really driving him all that much, but I think the fact that they actually do need him to score quite a bit, particularly until they get some guys back from injury, gives them a pretty good chance of that. Before we wrap up, I just wanted to mention real quick, since I didn't mention it about the Orlando game, shout out to Nas Little. Uh, He's been playing great lately, hit a huge shot versus the Magic late in that game in front of his hometown crowd that lifted Portland to that victory, had some super big shots in the win versus the Pistons as well. Nas is a guy who has just kept his head down, kept doing what he's asked to do, not necessarily getting the minutes that I think he would hope to play this season, but has been doing a phenomenal job, particularly on the offensive end in those minutes. Really happy to see Nas has some success, really happy to see that he's out there able to show what he's been working on for all these years, particularly in front of an audience in Orlando with many family and friends watching him. So I just wanted to make a point of that as well, since I didn't mention it in the recap of the Orlando game. They don't win that game without Nas Little hitting that three-pointer. I believe it might have been a go-ahead three-pointer as well. Either way, nice work, Nas. Keep doing what you do, man. And with that, we will say adieu on this edition of The Briefcase. We'll be back later on this week, likely from Philadelphia, where we'll be spending three nights in between playing the Celtics and finishing up the trip versus the Pelicans in New Orleans. And there will be a new episode of The Blazers Balcony with Brooke Olsendam before that. So please, if you haven't already, like and subscribe to both The Briefcase and The Blazers Balcony wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you so much for joining me. I am Casey Holdall. Go Blazers.